as you are allowing yourself to enter into natural ease, allowing the body to enter into its own natural ease, the breath and the mind. Recall your intentions, the intentions that brought you here, and hold those intentions with the understanding that this activity that you're doing now is a very great significance. But let the weight of this understanding allow the natural ease to dawn much faster without forcing it. sort of hover over the body, first sensing your environment, connecting with whatever within your environment connects you to ease and tranquility. After making such initial contact, initial connection, now seek to connect to that same sense of tranquility within the physical body itself. Be open to your intuition to guide you as to how best to physically position the body the best energetic posture <coughs> and the best emotional <coughs> attitude. And as soon as you are aware of that initial connection, initial contact with that sense of ease, just rest in it. Let yourself go into it. Let the body go into its natural sense of ease. And begin to train, begin to guide your attention. First, bring your attention to the legs. Staying connected to that sense of ease. Being open to your intuition as to how best to position the legs, listening to suggestions coming from your intuition. Place your legs this way, that way. Arrange your energy this way, that way. And when you feel a stable, deeper sense of connection with tranquility, and bring your attention now to the arms and hands, elbows and shoulders, allowing your awareness to simply hover over those parts of the body, and letting that part of the body 
ease into its natural sense of tranquility. After making a definite connection to a sense of tranquility through the arms and hands, elbows and shoulders, then bring your attention to the torso and especially the back. Just ease into the awareness. Let the sense of ease hold you. Sensing a more stable, deeper sense of tranquility. Bring your attention to the head and neck. Let the mouth, teeth, tongue rest in their natural places. tranquility be con contacted there also then whether closing your eyes opening your eyes or having your eyes half opened connects you deeper to that sense of tranquility then do that gently bring your attention to your breath without any intention to control the breath simply to know the breath to be aware that you are breathing in as you are breathing in to be aware that you're breathing out as you are breathing out. And continuing to be mindful, to be aware of the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility. now begin the training of having the mind move without disturbing the waves of the mind, without disturbing the mind, while continuing to experience tranquility, 
So add the intention to keep the awareness on the breath, but the intention to keep the flow unbroken, the flow of your awareness unbroken, so that you are aware of the beginning of the out-breath, the duration of the out-breath, when the out-breath ends and becomes in-breath, aware of the beginning of the in-breath, the duration of the in-breath, and when the in-breath ends and becomes again the beginning of out-breath. No need to force your mind to focus on the breath. No need to force the attention. No need to control the breath. No need to do to do anything in concerns that concerns removing distractions. Let everything be. So follow the breath in this way. In an unbroken, continuous flow of awareness following 11 cycles of breath. this palpable experience of tranquility, a tranquility that is palpably experienced and felt present in the body, in the breath, and as palpably felt in the mind. <coughs> Within this experience, now bring your attention to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows, 
bring to mind again the knowledge of what you are doing, why you are doing it. And let this thinking, this recall, recalling happen within the tranquility that you're experiencing. Best if it actually enhances the tranquility. And experience the tranquility reacting by making your intentions clearer and stronger. becomes embodied in your ultimate your infallible ultimate teacher and every once in a while you may in a flash of a moment feel degree of conviction that you are in the presence of the definite means through which you will achieve your highest aspirations. When that sense of <coughs> conviction is felt, try to hold on to it. But don't grasp to it. And hold on, holding on to that measure of conviction. Express your gratitude, your reverence, place your trust in the guidance and protection of your infallible guide.
continuing to experience the flashing in and out or the steadiness of the sense of conviction. Make a determination to abandon whatever habits, whether it is a physical habit, habit of thinking, habit of relating with others, habit of speech, that is obstructing you from achieving your aspirations. Make a strong determination to abandon them, to let them go, to come to realize them. And let compassion for others and let your devotion to your infallible guide give you strength and protection to do so. And make an equal determination. Whatever habit you need to pick up, you need to train in, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, and how you relate with others, how you speak, those that you already know, those that you don't know yet. Make a strong determination to take them up. And again, rely on the power of compassion, your devotion to your infallible guide for strength, for guidance and protection. back to the physical breath and slowly become aware of the physical body the body that's occupying the space
stretch your legs if you need, because I'm comfortable. Welcome, welcome. I'm going to try to be, uh, never mind. <laughs> okay, uh, still the same theme. Uh, after you've been meditating for a while, uh, you start to make uh, promises to yourself. And since you're not alone anymore when you're meditating, uh, you have witnesses to those promises. And then they may not necessarily be promises that you've made in a formal way in the presence of uh, some high lama, some high teacher, or, or in front of an altar, you know, making some sort of formal uh, uh, declaration. But it could be uh, promises that you've made in your own mind. I will do this, from now on I will do this, because you've seen a certain truth, you've seen a certain, uh, you've had a certain experience that makes you have this spontaneous uh, desire to make this promise. Then uh, you, you know, something, some promise dealing with your practice. I will do this, I will do that, I will avoid this, I will avoid that. Uh, in the beginning, you, you keep the promise nicely. Then after some time, uh, you find yourself, you know, through whatever, for whatever reason, you, you, uh, lapses starts to creep in. You miss one day, you miss a week, you miss a, a month, and it becomes something very intermittently, you know, within this year you may have done three times or only, you've kept it three times. Or you may have completely uh, left your, uh, it's no longer part of you, part of your life anymore, it's something that, you know, something in a distant past you're trying to reconnect to. Uh, it is a phenomenon that you, you may start to experience if you are like that. You may start to experience uh, a disintegration. A disintegration. Disintegration. Yeah, a disintegration of your life. You start to experience your life, I guess what is referred to as falling apart, so to speak. It's like... Uh, uh, you allowed a particular uh, uh, foundation to get weak and because of the weakness of that foundation the things that were built on top of it are starting to experience the weakness they're starting to, starting to experience uh, also a sense of degeneration and you may start to feel a bit afraid even about making promises and Perhaps in your enthusiasm, you made too many promises, and you just really can't, just can't afford, don't have the 
ability to keep all those promises. And sometimes those promises may have been uh, may have been made in a formal way, where you promise to do this practice, promise to do that practice, in, and in front of some holy lama, in front of some person that you consider to be worthy of taking uh, 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 promises in, in their presence. And of course, in the beginning, you thought you had all the energy, you had all the means of being able to keep this promise, that's why you did it. But sometimes, uh, in the honeymoon phase, the life seems to be building up. Wonderful things seem to be happening. And you become a bit, uh, almost like testing it. You undo this promise and you watch. Oh, it's, things are still going well. I don't have to go, I don't have to keep it. And you don't keep another promise and you watch. Oh, it seems to be, seems to be going well. And you're allowing time to lapse. You're not keeping your promises, some of the promises that you've, you promised that to keep, to keep. And all of a sudden you, you see danger approaching and you know it's connected to promises that you're not keeping. So you quickly go to the promise and then the danger is avoided. And now, keeping the promise becomes a way of not fulfilling the reason that you wanted, you took the promise, you, you took on your, the, the, the promise for, it becomes a way of just avoiding promises, avoiding danger in the, in, in, that's coming up. And perhaps almost to the point where you, will, you, will, you, you get to be very brave, like Manjushri said, oh, don't call me brave, sentient beings are brave, they're still in this mess called samsara. <laughs> They're still brave enough to, to venture in samsara. I'm, I'm a coward. I don't, I, 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 samsara scares me. Okay. So you get to the point where you see the danger approaching, starting to mess up your life, and you, eh, I can always go to the promise and pick it up whenever. Uh, and then it, it gets, it becomes looming, 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 and it becomes very scary. Then, when you're scared, then you go to the promise. And it takes a little while for it to go back to the horizon where it came from. So you stick to your promise as much as, as, as hard as you can. But you're doing it with the mind. Once it disappears, you're going to let go of the promise. And this becomes a habit for, for some meditators. What do you do when you have a pile of promises that a day just cannot fulfill? And then you keep experiencing this looming danger of coming and going, coming and going. And you might even go to the point of saying, oh, I should have never done, taken such, made such, those promises. Oh, now I am a slave to these promises. <laughs> I don't think my mind, I don't think my life was having, uh, I don't think I had a life where there was always this looming danger all the, all, all, all the time. <laughs> now I've messed up my life, I've, I've taken these promises, now I have this danger all the time you know, that, that's threatening me. There's something wrong with this spirituality business. <laughs> okay. Well, that's how it is. <laughs> you can't avoid it. That's why in the beginning when you were uh, making those promises, especially when you're making a formal promise, you were warned of the danger. And of course when you're in a, in a room with you know, a few hundred people or at least other people around, even though they, you know they're not, you, you, you have the sense of they're not reading my mind, but for some reason you're pressured to take on the promise also. 
because you're already here, you've already gone through this, through this already, you've you know, taken a day off, you've missed a day's pay, so you've gone through, made all the sacrifice, you've traveled, you know, two hours. <laughs> so now you're, you, you, you've sat there, your knees are hurting, so might as well take on the promise. Even though, <laughs> even though a part of you is telling you, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> ah, there's, I mean, these people, they don't seem to be any better than me. And if they're making a promise, I'll make it too. Okay? Then you make, you, you have a pile of these promises that you, that you make. Okay? Until it becomes almost, uh, what you call spirituality is not fulfilling the aim of, the initial aim of spirituality anymore. It's just taking on promises. Going to places, taking on promises, to avoid the looming danger in the, on the horizon. Okay. Eventually, <laughs> then you will have to experience what I hate when people say, uh, when you're forced to say, well, if it wasn't for this awful situation, I would not have changed. Then you start to uh, sort of worship awful situations. I, 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 can't, <laughs> I don't like that at all because I'm, I'm, I, am a, a, I have found the absolute enemy and I don't want to, to befriend, to make, I, don't have, I don't want to, make any, to give any credit to the enemy whatsoever. Okay. Uh, suffering, the cause of suffering in any way whatsoever, I will not m- make uh, make any uh, beautiful overtures to it, saying that oh, if it wasn't for this suffering, I would not have had this beautiful experience. I, w- I refuse to say that. I refuse to let myself fall into that. Rather, I would say, uh, such and such a person, if that person was not of such character, if that person was not such of such caliber, that person would not have been able to overcome such a difficulty. Okay, it wasn't the difficulty that somehow. Uh, uh, made the person change because the same difficulty is making murderers out of other people okay that, that, that's, how, that's the absolute sense I'm thinking okay it's the goodness that was in this person that made this person able to overcome this suffering it's not the suffering that gives this good person a gift okay and of course you are, you're so good you're even willing to give the suffering no, uh, 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 at least some, some credit. Okay. So, you don't want to come to the point where a point of no return, so to speak. You know, what they call reaching bottom, where there's no other, there's, you can't go any further down. Then you just have to pick yourself up. And then you don't want to, I don't want you to get to the point where you're you know, making obeisance to, uh, to suffering because you, you are suffering so much you have to get out of the suffering. Okay. You can avoid it. The path doesn't have to be a path where you, every once in a while you're, you know, you're, you're, you're slapped in the face, you're kicked in the butt, and you know, you, you, somebody squeeze a knife into, into your back or something like that. The path doesn't have to include suffer, having to suffer. But if you keep making promises and not keeping them, and e- eventually those, it's not just one 
suffering looming on the horizon. It's a bunch of them gathering in the horizon. Eventually, your meager uh, uh, effort at keeping that one promise will not be enough, and it will come crashing on you. And your life, will you experience your life having completely crumbled? And if you're not of that wonderful character, of that, if you don't have that wonderful caliber within you, then you will be destroyed. Okay. You may not be able to pick yourself up. But there is hope. <laughs> okay. Now you're stuck. <laughs> you have no way out. You're already in. Okay. The, the, the door that lets you in is shut, sealed. As a matter of fact, it's been removed. <laughs> you can't, you can't go, you can't walk, walk, you can't walk out. You're on the path. You either have to walk it nicely, easy, enjoying yourself, or walk it, say, "Ouch, ouch, ouch," all the time. <laughs> but you're gonna, be, you have to walk it, okay? So. If you're in that situation or see yourself coming to that situation, then you need like a, some sort of a, what you call it? Uh, something that cures everything, what you call that? Some sort of promise that will take care of all the promises that you made. Cure, cure all. Or cure all, okay? Or cure all promise. Believe it or not, the cure all promise is a genuine sense of compassion. If you have a genuine sense of compassion, especially for if you can have uh, empathize for those who are in the same situation as, uh, as you. They've been a lot of promises and, and they had good intentions with the promises, but life just will not allow them to be able to keep everything. And they keep having these looming things coming over until eventually there's a definite crash about to happen. And it's always, see that, that, that's the powerful thing about a spiritual person that the physician doesn't quite know. It's always uh, about to happen, kind of, kind of uh, crash. It's never. It, it takes a lot of neglect for it to actually reach a point of complete crash. Okay, keep that in mind, but don't become lazy because of it. <laughs> okay. So that means you always have an opportunity, a chance to actually completely redeem yourself. So if you can summon a genuine sense of compassion where this compassion gives you a, a, a tremendous, sense, tremendous sense of courage where even though you see the danger about to completely flatten you, you run towards it out of compassion. Not, of, not out of recklessness. Let me see how close it can get but you run towards it so that as a means to be the only, to, to sort of like uh, uh, in, embrace it so that it will not harm the others who are having this thing looming over them. Okay. And that's the cure-all. Then you make a promise that you can keep. <laughs> make it very, 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 very simple. And then watch yourself keeping that promise. It doesn't have to be a daily thing. 
If you could make it a daily thing, that would be good. But it doesn't have to be a daily thing where you have to uh, devote uh, like half of a day or half an hour or, or a great amount of time to it. Something that you can spend five minutes with or even a, a few moments with. Okay? And you don't have to be specific in the morning or specific at night or a specific time. Just any time during the day. Just start like that. And when, and when you see the danger going away, then you can strengthen that promise. Instead of making it uh, a few seconds, make it a minute or two. Okay? Or give it a, when you feel strong enough, make it a definite time of the day. Something like that. Instead of being once a week or once a month, make it, make it more, more than that. And then wait until you actually are observing or witnessing that it's taking effect in your life before you actually start making changes, before you start adding promises to it. Don't, become, don't let your enthusiasm make you take on more promises. It's like uh, the power of a, the first time you encounter the power of some sort of mantra. And with all your sincerity, you may, you may not have uh, uh, practiced the mantra with, as perfectly as with all the perfect conditions that you were told to do, but as, as sincerely as you could, you did it. And you experienced the power of that mantra. But almost all mantras have some sort of a uh, contract. <laughs> okay. And it depends on, of course, on you. So, if the mantra was to avert something or mantra was to get something, then you, and you get it. Then you become uh, lazy about keeping the conditions of the mantra, but you, wanna, you want the mantra to continue to have its power. That will not happen. Okay. Uh, so, specifically, what I'm talking about is Vajrasadva mantra, for example. Vajrasava Mantra has four things that comes along with it. And there's a promise that comes with the, with, with the Vajrasava Mantra. If you're not able to give the promise, then the power of the Vajrasava Mantra will not be as effective as it should be. But if you're able to keep all four, then you experience the Vajrasava Mantra in a very powerful way. It will, prom- it will give you everything that, that, that it promised. Okay. So, and I brought this thing so I can read something. Uh, it's about great compassion of a bodhisattva. So you want to be able to bring about a kind of compassion that is that that, that is being described in the the perfection of wisdom. Okay. Since one cannot take upon oneself the punishment due to someone else, why does the bodhisattva make such a vow? What is the vow? The vow of the Bodhisattva's compassion is such that if it was possible, the, the brave, the, the courage of the Bodhisattva is such that if it was possible, I know what suffering is like. If it was possible for me to substitute myself for someone else who's about to suffer, I would, I would more than glad, I would more, uh, more than hap- more than gladly, person. Idiom is not coming to my mind. I would more than gladly do it, even though I'm, I don't want to suffer. Okay. 
but the compassion of the Bodhisattva would make the Bodhisattva make such a vow, make such a promise. So the Bodhisattva in his great resoluteness loves all beings deeply. If he could possibly do so, he would substitute himself for them. He notices that among men, in some sacrifices to spirits and kind of uh, uh, beings, they substitute, they make substitution of one person for another, and that's permitted. Like the sacrifices, for example, you 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 messed up and you make a goat take on your uh, your, your your suffering, something like that. Okay, so it's permitted. There's, there's this kind of attitude, this kind of understanding among among beings that substitution can be can, can take place. But the Bodhisattva says to himself, in the hells also there will be substitution of this kind, and I will take the place of other beings. Beings honor and respect the Bodhisattvas for this resolution, since this profound solicitude for being surpasses even that of a loving mother. The sake of even one single being that is a manifestation of great compassion. Uh, so if you can sort of feel the power of just having this attitude, in, in for, for a being to have this attitude, you can understand what I'm trying to point to when I'm talking about the power that it can have in the world. And uh, I, I guess ever since we left uh, Leon's uh, loft, I've sort of, sort of been, uh, I remember almost talking about, oh, there's this stuff coming over the horizon, it's going it's to be awful. And uh, the only way that individuals and communities can avoid being completely squashed by it is to harm, to arm, arm, put on the armor of compassion. Okay, that's the only way. That's the only thing that can protect. Is the armor of compassion, the armor of love, and that's the only thing that can help those who are under the under under the the foot of this. Thing that's happening. You can see it happening already, right? Where uh, the afflictions of becoming mighty gurus of, of, of beings, where people are acting more out of, you know, uh, people feel more empowered to act out of vengeance than out of love. Feel, people feel more empowered and justified to act out of greed because they feel like, oh, that's how I'm going to protect myself. I have to be greedy, grab as much as I can, because I see danger coming. Or I have to protect myself, I have to make sure uh, that my, my the people around me are, are, are weak, so that, they don't, so that they don't put me in danger. So the afflictions are sort of gaining power, They're more and more influential in the mind of sentient beings. So the only way to protect them and to protect us is with the armor of compassion. Okay. All right, I think I've... Uh
talked enough. So we're going to do the for immeasurable practice. Okay. Just, just like almost this in the same manner as the, the Bodhisattva's intention, I will go to hell to substitute myself for those who are in hell. So it's to sort of, uh, you feel the danger and you sort of almost surrender to your karmic fate, so to speak. I see, I see it coming, I'm about to be squashed. Uh, then immediately you think about others who are in the same situation and you allow this recognition to give rise to a great compassion for them and then you say it and you tell yourself okay I will take on fully on, on, uh, I, will take, I will fully take on this suffering so that they don't have to, to take so that they don't have to experience it that's what I mean by going full ahead, ahead of it into it I don't know if I should say the next thing. Okay, yeah. It must be genuine compassion. I have to say this first. Okay. I'm going to say what I'm going to say next. Being able to give rise to such courage, to such compassion, will destroy the danger. Now, I have to say, I repeat, there has to be genuine compassion. Now that I've said this, you see the danger coming. What did he say? How do I avoid this? Well, we get some compassion here, okay? Compassion, compassion, the sense of coming, compassion. <laughs> not, not that way. There must be a genuine sense of compassion, a genuine willingness to dive into it, okay? And you will see it uh, be, be destroyed. Okay. All right. Ready? So get into your posture, get into a sense of ease, reconnect to that sense of ease through your body, the breath, and reconnect to it palpably in the mind. Stabilize it for five breaths.
reconnect with that presence, infallible guide in front of you. And feel almost as if a string made of light connecting your heart, your deepest center of your heart, to the deepest center of that being. And understand it to be the you aspiring to that capacity to love. For those who made the identification very strong, you can end the meditation by bringing that presence into your heart and just feel, just feel. For those for whom it's not strong, how do you know, how do you know if you are strong enough? As soon as you bring that presence into your heart, you should feel yourself overflowing with love and compassion. as if levitating with joy. If not, then build that up by bringing to mind someone who's easy to love and have compassion for, and substitute that for someone who's difficult and try to have the same level of compassion. Then bring the four elements of developing the measurable, how wonderful it would be and just keep seeing that person being free of all these different kinds of difficulties or seeing that person being f coming into connection, contact with all kinds of happiness. And make it a strong wish, may it be so, may it be so. And then list the things that you wish that person to be free of. List the things that you wish that person to come to be in contact with. And depending on your disposition, you can either beg your guru to make it happen, help you make it happen first, or you can make a strong determination that you will make it happen, or you aspire to be able to make it happen. And then you could either switch these two. The Guru first and then the determination or determination first and then begging the Guru for ask for blessings to make it to make you be able to do so. Then after that, then you feel some sense of compassion gathering and then bring that presence into your heart and then up just let the mind be experiencing the love and the joy of it.
stay aware of the tranquility. Think of someone or a place that you have a deep concern for and make a gift of the tranquility. May it become the protection they seek, may it become what they need to be happy. Slowly become aware of your breath. Let the awareness of the physical aspect of the breath allow you to become aware again of the body from the crown of your head slowly to the soles of your feet. little something I would like to share with you. At the conference among the thousand lords, you broke with tradition. You exceeded the required merit to be fully enlightened by accumulating enough extra merit to be a universal monarch a hundred times over. With such merit, you could have possessed, you could have presided with a supreme emanation body in an untold number of worlds, peopled only by perfect beings. Your initial supreme emanation body could have lived in a physical body with a lifespan of at least a million years. Your initial direct followers would have numbered in the billions. I bow to you, supreme rebel, who surprised even the unsurprisable by taking all these merits so that my generation could come to know that there is something called Dharma. 
doing Ramadan, there's going to be an if, what's called iftar, <laughs> iftar, there's iftar in the, <laughs> the room, and it's going to be Wow, I'm very superstitious. Just gonna say, nigga, somebody's gonna go away for a little while. <laughs> okay. I thank you for your presence. Please continue to bless us with your presence.